Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Tiffany Hoyd, and you're listening to Hogs Havens Riled Up, bringing you the hottest Redskin topics with the college kid twist. And speaking of college, we are back, Nicole Hutchison and I, from a brief hiatus. Yeah, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, we, ma'am. We just graduated from the illustrious Howard University. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you know what? I'm so excited to start this new stage called Life. You know, it's kind of like, I guess you could say that's what everyone says. But I'm really excited, you know, having our jobs and all that. We're excited. Yes, I am super excited for this episode. Um, I'm excited to be a graduate. It's a little bittersweet, um, but (laughs) we have degrees. (laughs) Um, But the Redskins just came off their first week of OTAs, Nick, with the rookie class. Yes, they did. And you know what? The talk of our episode will be Dwayne Haskins and his expectations and, you know, how he's been doing, things like that. And you guys do not want to miss out. Yes, and we have a special guest here with us to discuss that first day of OTAs and how this young class fared out, as well as a huge loss in Reuben Foster. Without further ado, I give you the Washington Post beat writer for the Redskins, Kareem Copeland. Welcome to the show, Kareem. Hey, hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for having me. Honestly, it kind of was a perfect scenario for them. Um, I, like a lot of people, had uh, some question marks on Daniel Jones, and uh, I had been thinking before uh, before the draft, uh, Haskins was one of those guys that dropped. If he dropped to them, he was kind of the no-brainer that you couldn't pass up, um, especially with their quarterback situation. Um, you know, not knowing it looks like you know the the future for Alex Smith is doubtful, and and so um, you had to look. You had to look towards the future anyways, regardless, um, just because of Alex's age. So I thought Dwayne was the guy that you really couldn't pass up if he was still sitting there, assuming that Kyler Murray was off the board. And, and then that next like group of quarterbacks that everybody was kind of trying to figure out. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's been what they expected in the short time that he's here. You know, first thing that grabs your, you know, he's a big, strong kid. You can see that um, immediately. He's got that quarterback swagger, you know. He just kind of carries himself like a big-time guy. And, you know, he's got that confidence. You know, he, he's talked with us a couple times. And, you know, sometimes rookies are um, can be either uncomfortable or, or not so sure of themselves or, you know, they're, they're just young guys. Um, and, heading out into their football, into their NFL careers for the first time. So it can be daunting when, you know, there's, you know, 30 of us sticking microphones in their face. But, you know, 
got a lot of that at Ohio State, obviously. It's a big-time program, so media is not new. But um, you could see the accuracy. Um, you could see the arm strength. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him right now, and he's even said it so himself, you know, it's, it's just kind of between the ears, you know. I think uh, when they did in rookie money camp, they, he only had about 20% of the playbook in, and they've been working a little bit more and more as they got into OTAs. Uh, but still, that's the big thing. You know, when he was in college, you know, they weren't under center and he wasn't calling plays from under center. So that part is new and, and learning the new scheme and where to go with the ball and, and, and uh, aligning your protections and making sure all your guys are lined up. All that stuff is stuff that happens in the film room and, and happens from study and being able to take it out onto the field. And that's what he's been. Um, and he knows that. And and he's actually kind of, uh, he wasn't bragging, but he's like, you know, I'm a big film guy, even going back to uh, Ohio State. And so um, that's going to be a huge part of it, considering he just doesn't have all that experience that a lot of other guys do. You know, he's only a one-year starter. I think that they're happy. You know, there's a long way to go. It's super early, but he's getting the chance to compete for the starting job right away. And really, it's going to be um, going against a guy like, you know, Case Keenum, who's a veteran, who's um, had a lot of starts in his career, a lot of success in his career. Um, Colt McCoy, who's struggled to stay healthy, but, um, you know, he's going to get a chance. You know, Jay loves him, and he knows this system better than either um, than Case or uh, Dwayne, obviously, because those two are new guys. So um, he's, got a, he's, got a, um, he's got a climb in front of him. But he's got all the athletic tools that you could ask for. He's, you know, he's not a big, he's not a big runner. He's not the fastest guy in the world. But, um, you know, as far as our talent, he's got everything that you would want from him. So, with all the problems that you just pointed out, do you think he'll have, you know, any trouble acclimating to the next level? Um, long term, I don't think he'll have any issues. I just think it's the fact of how quick um, can it happen. And the Redskins have a tough schedule right out of the gate with, what, I think four playoff teams in their first five weeks, including um, including the Eagles, including the Bears. And I think they've got – I think they play all three NFC team, East teams. So that throws another wrench into it. And the Patriots, you know, just the, that, the, you know, that New England team that's, you know, okay every once in a while. <laughs> so it, it's not like they have a slow start. You know, they've got to hit the ground um, – running immediately and the question is you know do you want a veteran who's um kind of been here before who's as far as um lived that nfl life and knows how nfl defenses operate more or do you want to go with a young guy who's got promise but you know regardless of how fast he learns things he's gonna make he's gonna make mistakes that's just you know life as um someone new into any career quite frankly jay gruden and this coaching staff is a little bit on the hot seat you know um they they haven't had a ton of success haven't been to the playoffs and and have only had one playoff appearance in there um since the year since jay's been here so um you know he's on the hot seat this year and so does he have time to let a rookie quarterback grow into the position even though you do believe in him and you think that he's going to be um you think that he's going to be amazing long term but yo you got to get through this year to even get to long term i actually think they might have to throw him into the fire right away for reasons that you just said that gruden is on the hot seat and if you put someone like a colt mccoy at a starting position you just know 
that you're just going to say that, okay, we're going to chalk this season up to a, we're not going to go far. Um. <laughs> I, I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a, he's got a higher, I think, I think Dwayne's got a higher ceiling, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, I think those other two guys, just from being veterans and having been in it before, they've got a higher floor. So, you know, there's there's a little bit more risk-reward in a guy like Dwayne. And can you can you live with those those risk moments? When when this team was winning last year, they were winning by being kind of conservative on offense and, and letting, you know, the defense kind of, um, you know, dictate the game. And they were, they were getting it done with a good run game and not turning over the ball and, and kind of keeping it a little bit simple um, on offense with Alex Smith. And as... As, as not exciting as that was, as boring as some people want to call it, hey, they got off to 6-3 and three playing that way. So that's another thing is that they've clearly invested in this defense. They want this defense to be one of the best in the league. And so if the defense can play like that, maybe that takes a little bit more pressure off of Dwayne. Um, so I had a quick question. You kind of mentioned or touched on the defense a little bit. As far as the defense last season, you know, the Redskins had – one of the top defenses in the league last season. So what do you think Jonathan Allen can do personally as far as leadership and leading their defense? I'm expecting Jonathan Allen to probably be a defensive captain this year. Like, he has really kind of stepped forward and um, become, you know, quite frankly, the vocal leader of that defensive line. And that defensive line, quite frankly, is the best unit on this offense. Um, he, he's he's continued to grow, you know, the, I got a ton of guys on this team that are, you know, super big talkers or, or, or especially on that defense that, that are, um, what's the word I want to look for that are, are you know, are, that really kind of open up and, and aren't scared to kind of share their true thoughts. Now, um, you know, Josh Norman, you know, he'll, he'll give you a long soliloquy and he'll talk, he'll, he'll, he'll break it down for you. And, and, you know, Josh isn't afraid to speak his mind. Um, uh, Jonathan's not that guy. He, he's much more truncated in the way that he speaks. But, you know, when he says something, he says it with a pop and he means it. And so um, I think that carries a lot of weight, especially of a defensive line, that those aren't, those aren't a lot of guys who are talkers up there anyways, quite frankly. So it's going to get hard to start to double-team some of those guys. You know, Kerrigan is Kerrigan. Put up another 13 sacks last year. Montez Wirtz is quick off that edge. We'll, we'll see how the stats end up getting um, split up between he and Ryan Anderson. But uh, he's big and long and fast, and, and Jonathan Allen was singing his praises the other day as as far as being a hard worker, that that you know you've got to be that with this group um, in particular because it's a very it's a very no nonsense group up there between Jonathan and Deron Payne, and Matt Ioannidis, Kerrigan that I've mentioned a couple times, and so um, I think those guys are going to uh, lead the way. And once you can't, I don't know who to start to double team. I mean, Payne is a pain it, it is a load in the middle. I was about to say pain. Payne is a pain <laughs> yeah. in the middle, but you know. <laughs> You spoke to a big issue that the Redskins have had, and that's injuries, if they can stay healthy. Like, what is the problem? It's insane. Guys on IR with what? I think they got 
get up to 23 last year, 23, yeah, 24, something like that. And the and the year before, if they didn't lead it, they were second with, you know, plus 20 once again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they've, they've invested a lot into trying to, you know, into medical facilities to try to help, um, you know, as far as recovery and, and all the little, te- you know, I'm not smart enough to get into all the technology with, <laughs> as far as medical goes, but I know they've taken a lot of steps towards helping that and, and it's consciously on their mind and, they're, and they want to, uh, they're trying to address it. But man, some of those stuffs are just fluke and, you know, I mean, the, Ruben Foster goes down on the fir- third yeah. snap of the first um OTA, the first time that he's been able to kind of go out there with this team, you know, now that he's off the commissioner's exempt list and there's no um, suspension pending. And so this is really his first chance to kind of be inside a a full go regular practice. And he goes down within three snaps. So that stuff is, and, and on a play where it wasn't full tackle, it was, you know, they were going three quarters of speed. He just happened to step on a, on a teammate's foot and went down awkwardly. And so it's stuff like that. There's really not much you can do. You know, that's, that's just a fluke um, kind of thing. Now, other people might say, hey, um, maybe they need to be a little bit more careful as far as the guys that they bring in because Ruben Foster did, has had um, some injury history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all, all of a sudden, you know, I, I, you have a few too many guys who quote unquote are injury prone. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't quite think that they've quite gone down that field. I think it's just super unlucky to be honest. And I, and I know, um, I know, I know people want to want more than that and, and want an answer of why this is happening. But it's so, it, it's you know, how can you predict two your two top quarterbacks? you know, breaking their legs like they did, you know, Eric, Alex Smith, you know, that was a gruesome broken leg, you know, that doesn't happen often, um, and then two, what, two weeks later, three weeks later, Colt McCoy has the same thing, um, you know, not the same severity, but same, but still another broken leg, those are things that I'm not sure what you can do to prevent or perfect or prepare for, um, now I know there's some things about, um, you know, some nagging injuries as far as um, her, you know, there, there's been talk about certain positions getting worked um, worked particularly hard in practices. And maybe, and maybe you want to back down off of some of that, but at the same time, you know, this isn't a team that's done a whole lot of winning, you know. You can't exactly start taking it easy on them in practice just to avoid injuries because yeah. you're scared of an injury. You know, you got to get better. This isn't a this isn't a team that's Absolutely. just got so much unbelievable talent that they can just kind of cruise along in practice and just have to wait and turn it on on game day. So, um, what's the answer to the injuries? I have no idea, <laughs> and I don't think they do either. But it's it's definitely not something that's just being ignored, but um, it, it's one of those things that that people are struggling. Um, even people within the organization are even struggling to say, okay, this is what's gone wrong. This, 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 that we can take this step and, and answer these questions. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think it's, I don't think it's quite so linear. Well, Speaking of injuries again, because uh, the whole team is on IRA, um, <laughs> um, we'll have uh, Darius coming back, right? Hopefully, yeah. soon. Hopefully, very soon. And yep. we'll have him paired with a healthy AP. Yep. 
how is that dual back, multiple back threats going to help a young quarterback in Haskins or a, or a quarterback that hasn't really shown us that he can be that guy in a Keenum or a McCoy? Well, a good run game will always help your quarterback, no matter what. You know, that brings more guys up near the line of scrimmage. Um, that helps your RPO game. That helps your play-action game. Um, that, that's less... That, that, that's less funky coverage in the secondary. Um, you know, you, you've got fewer guys dropping back in coverage, so you should get more one-on-one um, opportunities. So, uh, that, and they just, quite frankly, have to spend more time worried about the run game as opposed to preparing for what goes on through the air. So, um, best friend of a quarterback is a, is a hell of a run game. And <laughs> the, the Redskins were able to kind of put that together before they started getting banged up last year when the offensive line was still all together. You know, remember, they went through three sets of guards last year and lost pro bowler Brandon Sheriff, who was, you know, one of the, you know, who's at least top five in the league. And so, if you get all of that, um, back going together that's definitely like I was saying before that's how they were winning games last year the only question is how do you divvy up those divvy up those snaps because um Adrian Peterson proves that he can that he deserves a, a, a significant rock, share yeah. <laughs> uh yeah and, and, and Darius Geis you know everything we thought before the season before he went down it looked like hey here's a guy that you plug into your starter and we're gonna keep rolling as far as Jimmy Moreland, is he really that guy? Like, I know he was a talk about OTA, so can you just talk about it? <laughs> I, I laugh because, you know, Jimmy has been, you know, Jimmy's gotten a lot of love for um, a late round guy, uh, but I think there's a lot of optimism because it seems like uh, a playmaker who probably dropped because of his size and because he came from a small school but there's no there's no shortage of confidence in the kid he's a talker there's, there's no doubt about <laughs> it it was it was funny it was like the first day of OTAs even Jay Jay Gruden even kind of got into talking to him for a second he's like okay we expect you to shine today he said this is your kind of day no contact which was kind of funny because, you know as a smaller guy yeah. you know that, that's that's one of the knocks is how physical can he be? How, you know, how is he going to, you know, how is he going to be an active tackler? Can he be involved in, you know, in the run game, that kind of thing? He was like, but hey, this is your day. You know, it's a non-contact <laughs> day where they're just throwing the ball around. So this is your time to shine. So it's kind of funny, you know, that, that you know, even even uh, Gruden is kind of going at him a little bit with that because, you know, he's a talker for sure. And, you know, he picked off uh, well, he picked off Haskins on a deflected ball off of Terry McLaurin. That was the first uh, day of OTAs. Um, the 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 day we were out there for minicamp, uh, it was funny. You got you kind of got a sense of his mindset where there was um, there was a ball thrown deep, uh, and I forget who was in coverage, but uh, it, it was another rookie that br- broke up the pass. But if he did. If he'd have worked a little harder, it was a, it was kind of an interceptable ball. And that's what Jimmy, who was kind of coming over the top, was saying, hey, pick that off. He was like, don't you want an interception? You got So you could see this is a kid who's already who's thinking, I don't want to just break up the ball. I want picks. 
you know that and so it kind of gave you a, a little glimpse into how he approaches the game as he's just talking to a teammate so um i think there's a little bit of excitement behind him you know we'll see he's still a young guy that again he, he's playing um he's playing he's making a jump in competition for sure you know a bigger jump than you know some of those sec guys or some of the uh big 10 guys and so that's going to be a challenge but i think i think there's excitement about him just from his pure athleticism standpoint and the fact that you know you like you like guys who believe in themselves and, and i think that kid believes in himself i don't think there's any question about that i think there's some optimism there you know you don't you don't hear jay gruden verbally sparring with just anybody so i think that was a good i think that was a good sign for him you know it's always good when the head coach knows your name and you're a rookie absolutely absolutely and i think that a young guy like that who like you said is has a has a mouthpiece and he he wants to be known and he's trying to be the next guy up mentored by a guy like josh norman who's done it better than most (laughs) anyone in the league (laughs) maybe that could turn out well for jimmy yeah, he and he, he's got some he's got some good mentors in that locker room. You know, a guy like uh, Quentin Dunbar, for, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, they're di- they're different types of guys. You know, Quentin's a bigger guy, but at the same time, you know, Quentin was a guy who, you know, coming out of college, would, you know, was switching positions. You know, he was a receiver, and so um, he he's not only learned the position, but you know, has developed himself into a starter, and so. You know, that's that's the kind of guys if I was and Josh Norman also, he's a small school school guy who worked himself into um, the success that he's had. So he's, he's got starters in front of them who weren't just naturally kind of given what they've gotten. Yeah, and global, not not necessarily global, but full scale, right? Why have the Redskins been so unsuccessful thus far? Not not thus far, but in recent years. In recent, recent years. Recent meaning I mean, like 10, 15, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, there's the, the easy the easy thing to point at is is quarterback play. I mean, quite frankly, um when you when when you've got a quarterback, when you've got you know, there's there's not a there's not there's not many elite quarterbacks in this league. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in this league right now that have Super Bowl victories. And so when you get those guys, you know, it, it's hard to get those guys number one, and you got to hold on to them when you do have them. And those guys don't quite frankly move around a lot. You know, you, you see um, Brady at one place. You see what Drew Brees left once but that was also in a situation where San Diego had um you know the second number one pick with a couple quarterbacks sitting there or it was a set two or three or one of those high picks and mm-hmm. and, and there was a, a you know a very talented quarterback for Rivers and Eli Manning you know that whole scenario right there so um that's that's I think the easiest answer number one is is that you just haven't had one of those quarterbacks I think going beyond I think there was I think at the time there was a um a tendency to spend in in not the most productive ways you know kind of chasing a guy that was past his prime and giving him a lot of dough um 
to get here, and, and he and they ended up being more of a name guy as opposed to a productive guy. And so all of a sudden, that kind of puts you in a bad position um, as far as um, where you spend and how much money you have to spend. I always go back to the draft. You've got to draft well. You know, if you want to, it, 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 the bottom line is to have the most, the best way to build an NFL team and to be able to spend on difference maker, difference making veterans is you have to draft well and have um, guys who are contributing, who are starters, and who are, who are, making plays and are big time contributors, you want those guys on their rookie contracts because you're not spending, you're not paying a ton of money for those guys. So you want them to come in and be able to, you know, you want those guys to develop out in their second and third years where you still, you know, they're, they're, they're making a big difference, but they're not getting paid ridiculous amounts of money because then you can take your, that, that extra money that you're saving on those guys and, and put it towards a couple um, difference makers in free agency. But if you've always got to keep paying just to get starters and you have to keep paying guys just to, just to be guys who fill out your starting lineup and you can't really do that with younger guys that you drafted, that kind of throws everything askew. So I think it's, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing that's gone wrong with the Redskins over the last, you know, 10 to 20 years. Um, because <laughs> there's a lot of different things and there's a lot, and you can even go in different phases, you know. There's, you could probably break it down into four or five year phases where, okay, this didn't work well at this time, and you know. But, you know, they address this and there's been a different problem for this, you know, five, you know, five to seven years. But um, I think those are the big things. You got to draft. You got to draft well and you've got to get a quarterback. Um and you've got to have the right guys uh, making those decisions in the front office. And I don't think that they've, quite frankly, had that blend of all three. Um, and and that's, been, that's been an issue. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things. That, that, that question itself could be like an hour-long podcast. <laughs> we break down year by year. Yeah. Okay, well, what happened? What happened? What went wrong? In the Shanahan era. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could go through errors and point to what went wrong. A question that I had for the Redskins going into the draft was the fact that, okay, what wide receiver are you going to pick? Because that is a glaring <laughs> issue on the team right now. But yep. um, in seeing that they have the two backs that could be or three backs, actually, in all in, to- in totality, that can be very good and very productive for the team. But they also have the veteran in Vernon Davis and then Jordan Reed. Do you think that the Redskins can run a dual back, dual tight end type offense, or do you think Gruden has anything that he he might pull out for that? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think they'll do that regularly. But that was that was part. Of, they were working a lot of two and three tight end sets last year before, you know, um, people started getting banged up and they had to start kind of adjusting. But there was a stretch there where um, they were using um, even three tight end sets um, semi-regularly to give a couple different looks. And again, because, you know, Jordan Reed is a guy that's, 
you know, is almost as much big receiver as he is tight end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a Vernon Davis, we all know the speed that he brings to the field. And so um, I definitely, and that's the issue. We need for, I think, I think I've read that they, that they've got more cash invested or they've got, um, they've got more, they're one of the top teams in the league as far as money invested in the tight end position, if not the top team. Mm-hmm. And so what you need, so quite frankly, you need more production from there. Like Jordan Reed is supposed to be your best playmaker. Absolutely. Um, from, you know, as far as a pass catcher in this offense. And he's just quite that he hasn't lived up to that. And, and, and um, you know, Jay will been banged up and, and Jay will argue about opportunity and, and, and some other things like that um, but quite frankly for you know for a guy who's who's got that skill level that you know we've heard at, at points Jay say is kind of the, you know the jumping off point of this offense because he's the biggest mismatch in this offense well you, you need better numbers from him you just need him to be more productive quite frankly Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to leave the conversation there. I know we picked your brain and, and we know you, uh, it's a work day. So, uh, we're going to. No, gonna... it's all good. Like I said, I had you guys uh, scheduled and planned. So, um, I've got some other stuff that I'm going to go work on now. But, yeah, no, I'm glad to help. And, and thanks for asking and thanks for having me. And, you know, if there's anything I can do to help in the future, y'all know I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be hitting really you up. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Riled Up. We are riled up to bring you more of the hottest <laughs> redskin topics with a college kid. Now Gen Z, seeing as Nick and I are graduates, Kaylin's the only one still left on the college grind. Uh, and unfortunately, but, he couldn't make it today. It's oh, unfortunate. We're going to give him a hard time. Don't worry. <laughs> Again, we're... I'm Tiffany Hoy, and I'm with Nicole Hutchison on this episode. We have our man, Kaylin Duna, that couldn't be here. Um, this is Riled Up. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TTALegend. That's T-T-A-L-E-G-E-N-D. And make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nicole Hutchison TV, N-I-C-O-L-E-H-U-T-C-H-I-S-O-N-T-V. Have a great Memorial Weekend, everyone, and remember to stay riled up. Ha, <laughs> ha,